Hello and welcome along to G'day GEA, brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear, the choice of champions. Please visit O'Neill Sports AU on Instagram for all the latest offers and news. I'm delighted to be joined here by the one and only John Heenahan, a.k.a. Giggles. Thanks, Liam. I forgot the headphones, but um, I'm, I'm here anyway. Giggles forgot his headphones and we're in a noisy pub here in Caulfield, so it's a disaster. Well done, Giggles. Thanks very much for joining us, Shawnee. Thanks, lads. Good to be back. Shawnee's made a big effort here. He's had a big week. He was up playing golf in the Hunter Valley, beautiful part of Australia, the Greg Norman course, and he's complaining that he's very tired here this evening. So tough week, lads. Tough, very tough, tough week. week at the office Feel for Shawnee. Yeah, Feeling lo- it wrong. And lots of sympathy here as well for you, Shawnee. I can see that. Yeah. So, great show ahead today. Bear with us with the noise in the background. We've got some AFL commentary on in the background. We're here in a sports bar. Um, but we've got a great show ahead. We've got to go look back on the Monster Championship. Shawnee, did you predict both results correctly? Um, I would say I did. You did, you did. Shawnee predicted both correctly. Yeah, we'll get into that in a bit of detail now, Shawnee. Um, in Leinster, we didn't have too many surprises. We had a draw, we'll get into that. We also have an excellent Giggles Corner here tonight as well. Right, so first off, we'll just go into a look at some of the social media, some of the tweets we got in, lots of action on Twitter. But before that, we're going to have a quick quiz for Shawnee and Giggles. Last week, tell us the top seven countries that tuned in. Ireland, Australia. There's top two, well done. England. UK, yeah. Number four, but yeah, in the top, yeah. USA. Correct. Middle East. I'll give it to you, UE, I'll give it to you. Two more. Korea, South Korea. No, Johnny. Germany. No, never. Thailand, France. No, Brazil. Oh, yeah. And Brunei. Oh yeah, the Sultan. Yeah, he's a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, thanks to everyone tuning in Brunei. Keep it up. We're no big fans of good AJ out there. And the Brazilians, no. And the, Bra- and the Brazilians too, of course. And of course, everyone in Ireland, Share Australia, the States, <laughs> and England and Canada as well. But um, yeah, so lo- lots of action, especially on Twitter with the feature article, Shawnee, on the GA website of of Giggles. Fantastic lads, wouldn't it have a one of our own up there? Amazing. One of our own G'day GA and special mention though as well from G'day, the G'day GA podcast giggles. Fair play to you. Flag the flag. It was a random one. I, I reckon they must have just given everyone's email who's playing there and I put out about G'day GA on it and I say I sent the answers and within about an hour it was up on the, on the Facebook. I couldn't believe how quickly it was up but it was a well written article now actually and my fiance Jill got a mention, so she was she was um, smitten with herself on that one, which is great. Yeah. There's, there's rumours going around, Giggles, that you were uh, lobbying for this for the last couple of months, which you know, and you were selected for the for the trip back to Ireland. That you were I'm pushing, for, ca- I'm pushing for the captaincy yeah. as well. Yeah, <laughs> like, I lift the cuff and crow back. Like, <laughs> Brian Vaughan is listening. <laughs> it was a big boost for Brand Giggles. Brand Giggles, <laughs> like, is you know, he even had it up. He even had it up in his LinkedIn. I, I thought I thought it was a big boost for Brand GA now. To be honest, having yeah. me associated with it. The stock market is as his favorite well this year this week and uh, the Giggles brand and the GDA, GA podcast brand I think no fair play to Giggles it was, it was a great article but there are some people saying you never even mentioned Gary Owen in it Jeez, they didn't have the jersey front and centre in the photo yeah how old is that photo as well it's about 18 months I'd say I think he'll go further I'd say go back a bit that's, no, when, you, that's when, you, when you were in your pump you were looking very condition. very lean in the photo oh, was, yeah. and he had a tan as well it was in the summer as well. real action shot uh, I think it was photoshopped as well, was it? <laughs> well very good, very no, good. fair play to you guys very good brilliant article yeah okay well look coming up first we're going to have a look at the Munster Championship Traveling in a fire that can be 
bed full of zombies I met a strange lady She made me nervous She took me in and gave me breakfast And she said Do you come from a land down under? Yeah, giggles. We'll, we'll start with Waterford and, and uh, Tipperary. I was going to stay up. I was actually said to me, my, my wife, I said, Tanya, I'm going to stay up. It's 11 o'clock. There's not too many games on this time. I'm really looking forward to it. And she was like, go to bed. I was like, no, no. She goes, you're wrecked. Go to bed. I was like, all right, I'll go to bed. I was delighted I went to bed when I woke up the next morning and saw the score. If I stayed up and watched Tip score 2.30, <coughs> I would have been devastated. I don't know how did you feel. Well, I guess the scoreline is a little bit in reflective of how the game actually was because right up to 53 minutes, it was uh, 20 points to 17. You sound like Derek McGrath now. And Waterford had um, Waterford had a man sent off. Now, in saying that, it was very obvious that Tipperary were getting their scores far easier than what Waterford were. So, um, look, it was it was demoralising at the end of it. We were outscored 210 to a point in the last 17 minutes, and um, it just doesn't look good for Waterford at the moment. Yeah, it, it's very worrying for Waterford. Two defeats, and I think you're welcoming the Limerick cha- All Ireland Champions Limerick to Wells Park. Is that next? Wells Park. Wells Park next Sunday, home, week. Sunday week, a home game. It's going to be very tough, especially after Limerick um, losing it to Cork. We'll get to that in a moment. But I suppose you're right, though, Giggles. It has to be acknowledged that up until the 53rd minute, there was three points in it. The sending off obviously was a, was a huge factor. But Waterford kind of rallied after the, after the sending off, and like we're well in touch. Up yeah. to that point, now to send it off itself, people are saying, "Oh, he was very unlucky." The first yellow card, very unlucky in my eyes, not a yellow card. But when you're on a yellow card like that and you commit that foul, then you have no, you can have, yeah, you know. What I, th- I, th- I think Waterford um, definitely don't have the hurlers that Tipperary have. I think everybody, if I was trying to uh, have an argument over that, I'd be, I'd be fooling no one. And it was clear from from the very get go that their their game plan was all about work rate and keeping. Tipperary on their toes and in their face and I think they probably didn't do that until Conor Gleeson got sent off with the exception probably of Jack Pendergast who was making his debut who had a fantastic game in midfield um, Conor Gleeson got sent off and they realised okay we're all going to have to up our work rate here they did that for 25 minutes got it back to 2017 you would have argued that they did a few wides as well they could have had it back at 2020 but when Bonner Maher went up and won the ball and opened up the defence and Fair play to Tipperary, they were ruthless. Seamus Callan could have easily tapped it over the bar. Um, he gave a, a poor pass actually into Bubbles, who gave a lovely flick to Jason Ford, who absolutely buried it. And um, that was game over. You could just see all around the pitch, the heads dropped. Yeah. And I think it was kind of worrying from our point of view, but expected at the same time. They knew that when they went six and seven down, they were never going to win the game. And unfortunately for the scoreboard and for war for people, they just let it blow out there at the end. Yeah, I think I think it's it's a factor of that as well in that the numbers game went against them. They brought up the intensity when Conor Gleeson got sent off, and like there's only so so much or so long you can sustain that, yeah. and and at that level as well, like you you know when once the once the the tank runs dry, I mean the the the, the, one, the team with all the numbers are going to take over, and and especially Tip, and you've seen him the week previous against Cork. Anytime they got a bit of space, like they're just absolutely ruthless and just put teams away. Yeah, and it was like. 
I don't know. I think I think Conor Gleeson's being played out of position as well, wasn't he? He was like he was being he was dropped back to do a man marking role, like wasn't he? So he started on Bubbles and Bubbles got a point, but he was earmarked, I believe, to do Seamus Callan the way yeah. the forward set up. So he was straight in on him and he was he was all over Callan. Callan hadn't touched yeah. the ball, um, and he's a brilliant man marker. But like I, the, the the problem isn't in the wall for backs for me. The, the problem was all up front. And if you like, where, where do you play, Liam? Cornerback. Cornerback. What's the worst thing we see happening when the forwards don't chase their man? You're left wide open. Yeah. And Patrick, you're not chasing your man. Pa- when I'm not chasing man. When when Patrick Curran and Austin Gleeson in particular, I'm going to pick the two of them out. They didn't work for a ball at all. Like in fairness yeah. to Thomas Ryan and into Stephen Bennett and, and a few others, they they worked in hassle and harried. But there was two or three times when Austin Gleeson just stood up and let the man stroll out, and Patrick Curran did the same. And sure, no wonder Jason Ford and Bubbles Dwyer and these best strikers of the ball in the game can open up the water for defence when the intensity wasn't up in the water for far line. It was there in the middle eight and into the water for full back line. There's something seriously going wrong with Austin Gleeson, isn't there? It has to be a mental thing because, I mean, the, for, for what the guy has, like, I mean, he's got everything. Yeah. He has everything, you know, hurling ability, fitness, he's got youth in his side. Like, there's no excuse why he should be standing up and not putting in tackles, right? I was, I was thinking about that today coming in and, and I was probably very harsh if you were talking to me straight after the match on Sunday night thinking about Aston Gleeson but then if you flip it over for a second and let's do a comparison with TJ Reid as an example when TJ Reid was 23 years of age he still hadn't cemented a place in the Kilkenny team Austin Gleeson is playing his sixth season with Watford as their main forward or their main back and I think some players kind of go through this period now where you're absolutely brilliant for 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 and in the mid-twenties become the kind of barren period. It happened to Seamus Callan as well. He was starting in 2008, 2009. True. Then he was a sub for a while. And then it took him until he got into his 27, 28, and same with TJ, to get the multiple big scores up on the board and then a Hurler of the Year nomination. So I think, I think to be fair to Aston Leeson, he's got amazing talent. We're picking him out as a lack of rock rate. He's definitely low on confidence. He's definitely not fit. And that's not helping Waterford because they, they don't have the other forwards. They really rely on him. But I probably feel for the guy a bit because he's probably going to get a lot of abuse in Waterford. And he's just not having a good year. Spade is a spade. It's, it's a, yeah, probably lacking maturity as well. Like, you know, I mean, you said it there about, about TJ Reid and that. Like, and that was a kind of, a, he probably went through a period where he actually had to mature, had to take the hard knocks. You know, had to accept that he wasn't at that level. Go back to back to the drawing board. You know, do his own stuff outside, off the pitch and outside of the training sessions with Kenny, and then come back in and be more mentally strong. It probably is a mental thing that well, that's affecting Austin Gleeson. TJ record. was actually going to walk away from Kenny. It was Henry Sheffield convinced him to stay, and there it was in 2012. TJ came in in the All Ireland semi-final against Tip. He hadn't even been started up until that point, yeah. and then he kicked on. And for the last four or five years, he's one of the best players in the country. One of the best players in the country. But, yeah. Yeah, but he was gone. He was almost yeah. gone. And I think the problem for Austin compared to TJ TJ wasn't Kenny's expected marquee player back then he wasn't even expected to do what he's doing now whereas Austin Gleeson is expected to deliver if he's playing up in the forwards five points from play and if he's playing the backs he's meant to be catching every ball and every puck out so I think that's the challenge for Austin is that TJ came in and he flourished in 2012 but he still had Shefflin, Larkin all those forwards Eddie Brent Eddie Brent had just gone actually but the majority of the Kenny forwards are still there that's why I think Austin is going to struggle that it's a big thing to ask at that age to come in and be a leader straight up there's not too many players have ever done that but you know you, you could compare him slightly as well to the, the progress that Joe Canning made like 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 unmarkable yeah. went through a period there where everyone questioned his ability questioned his kind of commitment to the game in his mid 20s 
20s and then I guess late 20s early 30s is when you kind of realise well I have to get myself in peak condition I have to work really really hard and that's when kind of players kick on again and it's actually even though the kind of trend is telling us that it's a early 20s game and Limerick would have said that last year after their squad a lot of the players who are actually in contention for hurler of the year these these days are the guys who are actually in their late twenties and early thirties. Like look at Graham Mulcahy again last year, twenty nine years yeah. of age. It's a, it's a bit of maturity, and I think from a negative point of view for Waterford, unfortunately he's a marquee player, and when he's not playing well, we're kind of in trouble, and that bore fruit for the last two games in a row. And I, he's not just not in the condition that T.J. Reid is in physically. Yeah to be able to do what TJ Reid can do for 70 minutes at the yeah. moment and I think just not to, to labour it all on, on Austin Gleeson though but like looking at Waterford now Giggles you're looking down the barrel of probably looking at 4th or 5th in Munster like to dig out a win against Limerick at home and I think clear away is that the last no, Cork, 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 Cork yeah. away like you know it's, it's hard to see you might get one win but you can't really yeah. see getting two could you? Well to, I, I don't see any wins at the moment the way the team are playing and the way the forwards are set up I think they're playing with six corner forwards around the place or five corner forwards yeah. or five wing forwards or they've, they've no full forwards still whether they put Austin Gleeson in full forward and he's having target and then have Morris come on maybe but Morris they brought him on and when it's two versus three in there for Morris it's not going to suit him he needs no. to be given the ball into his hand and then he can score from there and then you've Tommy Ryan chipping in with two or three points that's grand Steve they're all the same type of player Like whereas if you look at Kilkenny's forwards back in the day or you look at the temporary forwards now they're all developed the, the one clip that, that, that really tears my mind is Michael Breen went through for a point with a couple of minutes to go and actually it, I don't know who was the command number 17 was chasing him and I swear to God it looked like number 17 for Waterford whoever he was was running on a treadmill yeah. he was going backwards because yeah. he just didn't have the power and Michael Breen was just ploughed through mm-hmm. left Phenomenal. over the head over the bar Serious score, it's the it? physical and look at, all, look at the size of Jason Ford Seamus Callanan Bubbles Noel McGrath they're all six foot two well built strong legs and Watford were just a lot lighter and they just so so sorry Liam going back to your question they're going to have pride in Limerick in, in Welsh Park against Limerick Whether I don't think they're going to beat them if they did miraculously come away with a victory we've got a great record against Cork yeah. and they'll not, they won't fear going down playing Cork I just can't see him getting a win against Limerick yeah and look not to focus all on, on Watford's negativity we have to look at Tipperary oh, as well yeah. like they're after two wins from two two very high scores in their first two games we all know when those tip forwards click they can't be beaten I don't think now they're not always going to click like that but at the moment their tails are up every single one of them are flying it bubbles of the world what did he score from play again the last day four or five the last day you know yeah. what I mean like like that's I think a worry for every team in the country they're moving so well at the moment and they're interchanging in, in every position yeah. now the only other thing about it is though and Michael Ryan the former manager was in the in the, in the independent there during the week saying he doesn't want to get carried away because we've seen Tip before they can coast and coast and especially if there's not much competition for them at the moment they're not saying every game is going to be like that for them but they're, yeah. no, they're no way the world beaters yet I'm sceptical still about this yeah. team I'm not convinced about them yet I mean Cork didn't put up anything against them and Waterford put up, put up a fair fight against them probably longer than well, like, with, with the Cork game actually if you go back they were only down 3 or 4 points with about 7 or 8 minutes to go as well so I'm, I'm, they seem to be blowing teams away at the end so that might be a measure of what their conditioning is as well and maybe they've got that, that engine go right through the end and over the finish line so 
look, I'm not fully convinced yet, but in fairness, they are they are the farm team in the country at the moment. Yeah, I think so. And I think, obviously, Cork now have up this year, so you might look at that now. An amazing win um, for Cork. Obviously, myself and Giggles didn't go from, Sean, you tip Cork with your heart, but really, <laughs> you weren't tipping him with your head. I wasn't, you no. Cork, you did, you tipped Cork, though. I did because, and it was, only, it was on the basis of what they could produce and what they produced against them last year and again in the league this year. They just, yeah. they have, I don't know, it was, it's like the thing with, with Clare. They seem to have the bit of a wood over over Clare in the last few years and they have that they obviously didn't have the wool over Limerick last year but they ran them very close and probably should have won that game but anyway that's that's that gone we didn't win it but it was a seriously different team this different different attitude this time but Same if you think about last year Cork, Cork didn't, Limerick did not beat Cork in, a, in normal time last year in no, two games no, do you know yeah. what I mean it took it to extra time in, in the semi-final to beat them it was a total contrast like, and it was purely down to attitude like the, the backs were up on top of their men they're pushing out pushing into midfield Bill Cooper was a huge addition oh, back um, Cadigan again I said he was the, probably one of the better packs last, last week and, and again and the following week got just a week gone again like he was phenomenal Niall O'Leary has really stepped into um, a Mark, his what about Mark Ellis he, yeah. in the stands the week before not, oh, not so even togged I can't understand that how, how, how a, a guy you'd be in the stand the week before and then like you've got a panel of 30, 35 lads probably 37 he, he's in yeah when and, he you're, comes in. and you're in the stand I just I don't get that at all like, and the rumour is that John Myler has pulled your man aside Tim O'Mahony and said you're not now in our plans for defence anymore for the rest of the year that's I don't know. Yeah. But I, I you know, look hard to argue against it. Look, yeah. the fella behind John Myler, like is Kieran Murphy and Don Lomani and Kieran Fraggy Murphy. I'd have a lot of time for. He's yeah, very, yeah. very astute guy. Knows the game inside out. Has done a great job with Sars when he was with them as well. Like so, um, look, it's we've got we've got our tails back up again. Cork are good when they when they've got a bit of confidence behind them, but. I mean, they'll have it all to do again, and I'm afraid of this water game, to be honest. Okay, or Sean, just touching on your points about attitude and giggles, what you said about Waterford's lack of attitude. In my eyes, it comes down to hurling is a very simple game at times. Yep. Cork turned up, tuned in, and everyone knew their job. And the one who epitomises it for me was Aidan Walsh. Aidan Walsh was named at number 15, played corner forward, scored nothing from play, but his contribution to the game and what he did in the, in the Cork forward line was amazing. He blocked, he hooked, he hand-passed off. I don't think he actually took one shot on. Every time he laid the ball off, yeah. he just made the right decision and applied himself. And that happened right throughout the field. The Limerick half-back line got cleaned. Cleaned that, out. And that's, when you talk yeah. about that, Giggles, if you lose that, if you yeah. lose that, that battle in any game, you're in serious trouble. Yeah, it, and and the, all the Cork half-forwards scored three, four points from play each. Yeah. yeah. But I, Aiden Walsh, for me, I was like, I don't rate him as a hurler. No. But again, it comes back to, do you know what? You're in, you had a job to do. And he did that job and he executed it. And I think 1-15 to 15 and the subs who came in from Cork, you had Cadding came in after five minutes. He was probably only expected to play 20 minutes, play the full game. It's phenomenal. Yeah. You have to give a lot of credit to Nash, though, on that as well. Like He was he completely bypassed the Limerick half-back line and, and they brought Aiden Walsh out into, into that space between the half far line the full far line and he picked up some amount, some amount of puck outs and ball around there and Daniel Carney then had the, had the ability to push out even more pick up more ball and leave it into Hoggy inside and it was it was just a ma- like a master class from Daniel Carney I thought as well he was yeah. unbelievable the, the other thing you kind of have to consider is hype is a dangerous thing isn't it Tipperary yeah. were unbeatable two years ago Galway were unbeatable last year and up until this weekend Limerick were unbeatable this year and yeah. open, you just said up until half time Limerick were unbeatable they were 188 points up am I right in saying They're that up, yeah. um, and they looked like they were a cruise and in fairness to Cork 
what a, what a goal by Patrick Harden because oh. that put the that put the nail in the coffin. That Limerick heads went Limerick down. Limerick score before that because Nash fumbled the ball. Oh, and yes. they worked it out brilliantly right before that play. That's they worked right. it out brilliantly and like he checked his run back, came in at the perfect time. Yeah, I was like, trying to do a check run there. He, and then he's so, like he like I said it last week. Like he is probably I think I'll be biasing this saying he is the top forward in the country at the moment. Like. He is just phenomenal because he doesn't have a lot of pace. And Sean Finn is as tight a marker as you'll find. Yeah. And he's as strong, you know, he's got all the attributes that should be able to run over Pat Horgan. The only fellow that Pat Horgan always struggles against is Noel Connors. And Sean Finn is around the same kind of body shape as him. Yeah. You know, but he just like, he just positioning is so, so good. And when he gets that ball from out the field, when you have Daniel Kearney delivering the ball in, or Bill Cooper, those long balls, diagonal balls, no, no back in the country can stay with him like because his hurling is so so good his first touch is immaculate yeah. and you know what's brilliant about Cork as well every single one of their forwards knows if they can get the ball into Patrick Horgan's hand it's a score Yeah. so they just give it to him like I remember one ball Adam Callaghan got it <clears throat> and he could have had a shot himself definitely and Horgan wasn't from me to Limerick away or me to Liam away from me him me to Limerick away me to Limerick's a good me bit away <laughs> but he wasn't from me to Liam away from him and he just gave it to him because he knew Patrick Horgan just the wrist flick and it's a point yeah. and it's a hundred it's a 99% chance he's going to get a score every you know and I think Cork are really playing to their strengths but again I think just the game has blown Munster wide open I think yeah. if Limerick had won that game it might have been a boring Munster championship to the finish Yeah. whereas now it's like Limerick are coming to Wells Park wounded in a week and a half and they have to get a win yeah. the other thing I noticed there as well is, is like another positive thing was was when um, Lee Han went off and I seen um, Cadigan come on. I thought that was the best thing ever because Cadigan offers something totally different to yeah. Lee Han. Like Lee Han is, is like when the game is so tight, you know, I question Lee Han and, and what he's going to contribute. But when Cadigan is there, his pace is just mesmerising. Like he just turns from his inside out. Like he just messes up the whole structure of the, ha- the far line, which suits Park and it yeah. suits Horgan inside in as well. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, uh, and look, I think it's. It's, it's going to be interesting for Limerick because they're in a position now massive score here in the footy they're all going nuts score for Sydney Swans Buddy Franklin <laughs> um, because Limerick obviously have gone through a very good league campaign you know they've, they, even the one over in, in Boston as well yeah. they've been go- bringing Lee McCarthy it was interesting listening to Nicky English um, on Off the Ball during the week talking about when you win All-Ireland like you know you're bringing just the cup around to the schools you're bringing the cup around to the hospitals you're doing all those lovely things which needs to be done and like not that it, it makes you soft but it does take that edge off you a little bit and, and Tommy Walsh was used the, the metaphor on, on the show about when you open a bottle of uh, coke or lemonade each time a little bit of fizz goes out of it, <laughs> now, it wasn't, that wasn't his metaphor he was taking it he'd taken it from someone else but it is an interesting one that you know it's hard and I think we saw with Kenny as well times went for the five in a row when, when Tipperary blew him out in the Ireland final when Tip got on top where did, where did Kilkenny Kilkenny had nothing to go to in the well they just won four now not comparing that Limerick team in, in Munster to that but it's like you know they yeah, didn't have, where, the where was that desire that, yeah. that, that, that raw desire they didn't have that raw desire Cork had that desire because they were pissed off after getting Walloped. whacked by yeah. Tip in, in Parky Cueve yeah. and they were hungry so if you turn up in Intercounty these days and you have one team who is even 5% more hungry than you yeah. it looks massive it looks it's, massive it's yeah. huge and that's the same with Tip and Waterford I know Waterford fought for a long time but that hunger it's hunger raw hunger and, and Limerick just they were there 95% but the 5% just wasn't there and, and imagine if we had like and we all rave on about the Munster Championship and how good it is and all that kind of stuff 
at your point as well, like if we actually had the teams going, you know, one or, one or two percent of that desire of each other, can you imagine the games we'd have then? That'd be just incredible again. Yeah. And look, the games have been great though. Like that Limerick Cork game was a great game. It was. It was, yeah, it, was yeah. it was a good match to watch. And in fairness, I think the Dublin Wexford game only was it was only limited highlights. We'll touch on it in a bit. That looked like a great game as well. There was great yeah, intensity yeah. to that as well. But look, I think we might we might leave it there for Munster for the moment. Um, a great weekend of hurling in in Munster. Two two big results, and it leaves that table like you said wide open. Giggles. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it can go anyway. And I, we're not going to preview the games. We have another podcast. But like Tip and Clare next, someone's all has to go as they say. They're both yeah. undefeated, and Waterford Limerick both haven't got a win. Yeah. So to be both very interesting. Okay, coming up next, we've got a new Giggles corner. Life can turn round. I stand there for a minute, staring straight into the ground. Things were just going through my head, you know, and, and because, like, you know, I don't want to leave the people of Waterford down, you know, because they're my life, you know. People of Waterford are my life, you know, and I, 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 love, I, love, I love my county, you know. We love Jumbaland! Okay, Giggles, the Giggles corner. What do you have for us this week, Giggles? So, I've got a bit of analysis. I was looking at, because there was commentary around Limerick have won the hardest All-Ireland ever last year. So I said I'd actually have a look at All-Ireland championships and winners and pick out the top five hardest All-Irelands that were ever won. Here we go. I said I'd have Here a look. Here we go. I said I'd have a look then as well at the three softest as well. Oh so yeah, I've got three yeah. fairly I, soft ones thrown in there that's too. That's what was coming next. But just before I jump into that, right, I wanted to kind of keep us honest here with the tips. So what I've done is I've got a league table on the tips now as well. Who's who's ahead of who? And the, the scoring is going like this: if you tip right, you get a point, and if you tip the score within three points, you get a bonus point. Okay. okay? So at the moment, at the moment, I'm on six points. Liam is on five points and Shawnee's on four points. Shawnee's losing, okay, yeah. Okay, so we, 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 we go through the, the table later on, but I want to go through this first. So the top five hardest All-Irelands ever won, all right? According to Giggles. According to me, so <laughs> at number five, we go from five to one. At number five, I'm going with Offaly in 1994. So they bet Kilkenny by four points in the first round. Wexford uh, by seven points in the Leinster final. They bet a good Galway team by six points in the semi-final. And the five-minute final then, where they beat Limerick by six points, but they were uh, five points down with a couple of minutes to go. So I, I brought them in at number five. Okay, yeah, okay. okay. No arguments just there yet. In fourth place, I went with Clare in 1995. So Biddy Early had the 81 years on them. They bet Cork by a point in the first round. And if anyone remembers that Johnny game, McMahon. it was a... There was a point in the either way, but three goals were scored in the last two minutes, two to clear. And with about a minute or two minutes gone to injury time, Shawnee McMahon had a dislocated shoulder. He went up, won a sideline. Sparrow. Uh, someone hit the bloody sideline, I can't remember, but Ali Baker went in and pretty much batted into net and Clare won that game. Um, they bet Limerick then by nine points in the Munster final, which was a big hoodoo for them. They played Galway, their next door neighbours, and won by five points. And in the All Ireland final, beat the Iranian champions awfully by two. So I put that in at number four. Okay. okay, all right. In third place, I went for Limerick in 2018. So oh, beat interesting. Okay, third only. And only because they drew two and lost one. So to win in All Ireland and make it really hard, you can't lose a game in the old in the old system. Whereas Limerick drew two games and lost one and still won All Ireland. 
So everyone knows that they beat Tip by six, they drew with Cork, they beat Waterford by 13, they lost to Clare by 11. They bet Kilkenny then by two in a great game. They bet Cork by four after extra time, and then they bet Galway by one, even though they had the game pretty much won. Was it one in the end? It was one point in no, the end. No, was it? Joe Canning had the free to level it. Do you remember? No, we were watching it wasn't one, one giggles. I'll bet a thousand dollars with you. Oh, jeez, hold on now. I'm not paying a thousand dollars. Do you remember Joe Canning had the free to level it You're at right, the very yeah. end? Yeah. He's we were right. watching in your when house. He fell up short. He dropped he short. He fell up yeah. short, yeah. She oh, hardly think that. I wouldn't can't you? believe it. I know point. it was only a point. Yeah, yeah exactly. But you right, yeah. But I put them in in um, third. third place. And Jeez. ironically enough, they were only the second team ever to win in All Ireland by beating Galway, Cork, Tip, and Kilkenny. Yeah, the big four or whatever they call them. Big right? four, yeah. Big three normally. Oh, yeah. The big three normally. So in second place, I went with Waterford 1959. Oh fuck me! And, o- and only because. Liam, the Liam, language out of sorry, the sorry. Apologise to the Apologies And only, the because, only yeah. because it's the only other time that an All Ireland has been won when they've been beaten Galway, Tip, Cork, and Kilkenny. So they beat Galway by 24 points in the first round of the Munster Championship. Galway went into Munster for 20 years and didn't come out of it. Oh. They beat Tipperary by 17 points in the semi final. They bet Cork by 3. Twitter is blowing up right now. And they bet Kilkenny by 8 points after a replay. I think they had to wait 5 weeks from the first game to the replay. So I put that in at number 2. That's number 1, yes. Number one was the hardest All Ireland ever won. I went with Clare in 1997. So they beat Kerry by 24 uh, points in the first round. We put that away one. to the side. They beat Cork by four. They beat Tip by three. They beat Kilkenny by four, and they beat Tip again by one. So that was a, to beat Tip twice, to beat Kilkenny, and to beat Cork in the one year um, for a Clare team that had only won two All Irelands was the hardest All Ireland I've put down that's ever been won. Now, just some honourable mentions before I, I, I jump onto the soft ones. Amazing Cork and Kilkenny were in that list at all, isn't it? isn't it? Yeah, very well, interesting. Kilkenny's got a lot of soft all Ireland. I just want to think about it. Kilkenny yeah. will be the top three oh, soft sorry, ones. Oh, sorry, we got to the soft, so, yeah, soft ones. Yet, so, Johnny. Offaly in 1981, beat Leash by a point, bet Wexford by two and bet Galway by three and won their first all Ireland. But then Clare in 2013 as well, I hadn't put them in. That was a Mickey Mouse year. Um, Kilkenny lost two twice that year. Um, Waterford, they bet by eight. Cork, they lost by seven. They bet Leash, Wexford, Galway, Limerick, and then Cork after a replay. They're just honourable mentions. Right, under the top three softest. Come on, you can see this. Top three soft ones. So the softest, the third softest All Ireland ever won was Tipperary in 1989. Oh, yeah. They beat Limerick by 13 points. They bet a poor Waterford team in the Munster final by 12 points. They beat Galway by three, and then they hammered Antrim by 18. Amazing Antrim in Ireland, though. They beat Offaly in the semi-final, yeah. yeah. They got clapped off the field. Yeah. The second softest All-Ireland ever won was in 2007. Kilkenny bet Offaly by 14, Wexford by 12, Wexford again by 11, and then Limerick by 7 in the final. So they had a fairly straightforward goal. Wexford the and Offaly were in poor... Yeah, poor were, that was been back in the four-game four run. Bush, Waterford. Yeah. And then the softest All-Ireland ever won was 2008. I'm glad that's the first I'm glad that you said that's the softest one though it was they beat Offaly by 18 Wexford by 19 Cork by 9 and Waterford by 23 yeah. but I don't think Kilkenny broke sweat that year <laughs> no, but I don't think you can call that a soft on Ireland though like Kilkenny gave the complete hurling performance in 2008 it was probably the greatest hurling performance given in Ireland final with Waterford coming in for the first Ireland final in a long time and scored 330 I, I don't even call it soft. I wouldn't. I wouldn't focus on the final. The fact that they had Offaly and Wexford in both those years in Leinster, who were very poor. Waterford are off about five percent in the final. That was the problem. Uh, it, it, it didn't matter who they were playing that final, right? 
You're talking about the, the great, probably one of the greatest hurling teams of all time, saying that was a soft on our no, no, And I'm, it's three in a row that hadn't been done in the modern era. I'm not, I'm not denying that they're one of the greatest teams, but they're just two of the softest in Ireland when you look at the winning margins and the quality of the opposition that they were playing in, in those two years. Yeah. So I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call 2008 a soft on Ireland when that three in a row had been a, a monkey on Kenny's back. But you can have as many monkeys as you can if you're playing a crap off team, a crap breakfast team and a, and a poor Walter team. I think we'll, we'll agree to disagree and we can move on because I don't think you two of you are going to agree here on this But one. statistically speaking, like the, the size of the margins is, is all right then. But, but are you going on stats solely like for, uh, for softness? And quality of opposition, yeah. So you're, so, it, so, so you, Wexford and Offaly in that period in the late, mid to late noughties were very average teams. Yeah. And yeah. Cork weren't great and then yeah. Waterford turned up and to be fair no it was the perfect hurling performance I can't disagree with anything and it was a red hot Waterford team people yeah. were tipping them to win it but they just hammered them and Waterford didn't turn up so yeah. it was a soft win even though it was the best hurling performance of all time in the All-Ireland Final yeah, it so it's, it's a soft All-Ireland but it was still the best hurling performance of all time in the All-Ireland Final so what will we do next week the top 5 best performances in the All-Ireland Final that'll be number one but we can just do it now will we <laughs> we can if you want. I, I, I just, I just, I was doing the hardest ones, and then I was looking through all the results, and I saw the Tipperary ones stood out for me first, and I was like, right, I'll have a look at the, the bottom three, and those two just stuck out like a mile. Liam, you have to admit you've had a few soft dollars. There's on. no such thing. You've had a few. There's no ones. such thing. Like. I think, I think there is no when you're thing. when you're playing in Leinster back in the, in the early nineties, just in terms of getting to a semi final. Yeah, getting to a semi final potentially at the time, but there's yeah. still a semi final and final to win. Handy games, Liam. Yeah, handy games. It's, it's a hard one. It's a hard one to measure because that kick any team when you just put it on paper, even was so awesome. Yeah, and that's why they bet so, everyone. Yeah, no, no, it is. It, it, yeah. It's exactly it. So I'm not arguing that point at all. Um, Five All Irelands in six years. Yeah. Do you know and what I mean? It's nearly as amazing too when they had such soft games. How good they were. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, how they stayed so competitive. Mm. Must have a good second Dead age. So that, that was my analysis. You, you, Liam didn't like good, the end of it. Good analysis. Were you okay with the, 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 the five hardest All Ireland, or do you have any input into that there? No, I think the five, they're, they're I, fair I, enough. I think the yeah. five hardest are fair enough. I think I, I think um, I think Kenny's in twenty twelve. Considering they like, I know you're you're going for the whole thing, but like being well beaten by Galway in the All Ireland final in the first half, like Galway were out the gate, yeah. Kenny were dead and buried, yeah. and Shefflin took the game by the scruff of the neck and brought Kenny back and got a draw and then Kenny hammered him the next in the replay like I thought that and for 2012 me, actually Kenny lost the Leinster final am I right yeah they lost yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, got yeah. Ham- hammered by Galway in the Leinster final yeah, and, yeah. They, and they hammered Tipperary by 18 points I think in the semi-final when Tommy Welch went back and oh no Lark Harbour Tommy, Tommy Welch like, yeah, 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 like yeah. that wasn't that for me That I think that should feature given that they lost to Galway and, and it was and they lost to Dublin that year no sorry in Dublin they lost in 2011 the league final when yeah. when they were mocked like Kilkenny were gone you know what I mean Like so I think I think 2012 could have snuck in there for Kilkenny being a Kilkenny man but Mike yeah. Kilkenny black yeah. and amber tinted sunglasses on I'm interested here as well um, Cork 1990 I was, was going to say 1991 even as well 91 Tipperary won it yeah that would have been a hard all Ireland but the 1990 would have been a hard all Ireland t- what about t- the four in a row the Cork did back in the 40s I alright coming up next we're going to have a look at Leinster Of the phoenix, <laughs> all ends with beginnings. What keeps the planet spinning? Ah, uh, the force from the beginning.
now gone in past the injury time. Kelly has to go for distance. The referee doesn't blow his whistle. Ball comes out towards Dolan Dunaway. Clare have the ball. Patrick O'Connor sends it into the centre. They have to hold possession. The referee gets out of the way. Hand passes on. Dolan Dunaway is the left corner back. He hits it. He hits it. Wow. It's over the bar. Oh, holy Moses. What a match. I have never experienced on, anything rest. like it. Blow it up, ref. Blow it up. Brian Gavin. Blow up the final whistle. Surely he's looking at his watch and he's blown the final whistle. It's a draw for the second year in a row. Okay, fantastic Eagles corner there. Looking forward to the, the tweets coming in at GadayGA on Twitter, Instagram, and GadayGA at gmail.com. Okay, Leinster Championship up next. Um, we'll start with Kilkenny and Carlo. I thought Carlo were going to come closer to Kilkenny based on the performance against against Galway, playing him down in Dr. Cullen Park. Kilkenny came out, Shawnee. I spoke to you on the phone during the week. Normally we have a ban on, we don't talk about the, the matches, but yeah. Kilkenny came out and blitzed them. They did. And. and Will we go on about Handy All Ireland's starting here again, will we? <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, um, yeah, uh, do you know what, what I'm fascinated with? And I just, this is, this is the sports psyche, I guess, the mental, the mental fortitude of these Kilkenny teams that they're able to, you know, if that was, a, I was saying to you on the, phone, on the phone, Liam, if that was a Cork or a Limerick or a Tip, you know, playing, you know, a Kerry or someone like that in Munster, they just about, you know, get the job done and that be it. But like this Kilkenny team, who are not re- very, very highly rated at the moment and not going, you know, super well, that they just put out a performance that just blew Carlo away. Because Carlo, this would have been Carlo's All Ireland. There was a big, a big showdown in Carlo, Carlo at the weekend. You know, there was a big kind of fanfare around the whole thing. You know, Kilkenny come down to Carlo and like they would have been really up for that and really up for the home crowd and just Kilkenny just showed pure and utter rootlessness and just absolutely put it to bed yeah. straight there but do you think it was it was it was a Kilkenny rootlessness because when you look at the second half then and contrast it you, you could argue maybe Carlo turned up for the second half and they were a bit starstruck in the first half or you don't know, know choice. You, you don't know then was it Kilkenny were up by I don't know how many Kikini points well up and did they just take the foot off the gas Kilkenny had a goal after 20 seconds or whatever well, it was do you know what I mean I, I just think that but it was only a 12 or 13 point victory in the end yeah but Kilkenny, Kilkenny ran the bench as well everyone came on um, uh, uh, Kilkenny were in complete control oh no I, I don't know, yeah they were totally yeah so I think I was really happy I know I'm not, not going to spend too much time on this because it's, it's Carlo and not, no disrespect to Carlo but you know it, it wasn't a, an All-Ireland contending team that Kilkenny took to town yeah. like Tipperary did against Watford you know you can't even compare like for like there um, but I'm just really happy to see and delighted obviously my own clubman Bill Sheen featured oh, yeah. and featured very well had assists, points, yeah. Yeah, and had assists in, in a lot of scores um, so I think that's some positive news there he came back Walter from it, was because, pretty impressive too wasn't he yeah and, and also Kenny have some good injury news coming back James Marr came on um, at the weekend and played the last 20 minutes so he'd be a big boost to get him back Killian Buckley played for Dixborough on uh, Tuesday night they lost, sport, they lost by a yeah. point but he's back played his first game in, in a long long time so look how he pulls up after that and how he you know obviously playing with Kenny's at a different pace again but you know I think 
Kilkenny have had a good opening to the first two games a couple of more lads come back into the scene some more competition for places I think they're well placed going forward in Leinster where initially you might be the worry that they could be under pressure to get third they're probably going to get top two now I reckon and yeah. I, I actually think they'll fancy Galway in a few weeks time you know in what I mean Nolan Park, yeah in Northern yeah, Park yeah, I think really, yeah. Galway, Galway have been Kilkenny I think the last either three or four times in a row yeah. in league and championship Kilkenny have a poor record in the last which which will it, we saw guys up in Sydney in the bloody Mickey Mouse Wild yeah. Geese Trophy when Kilkenny lost to Galway Kilkenny came off the pitch crest they yeah. were sickened they were actually yeah. sickened if Kilkenny get back Killian Buckley you know in, in a decent shape at all like they're, they're, they're a different story again like because they're, they're having trouble in that centre half back position at the moment and they haven't filled it yet and he's, he's a perfect centre back there now for them and I think if they can get him back you know a lot of things change around him and fellas can move out and Hugh Lawler can go to a different position probably go to full back you know it straightens Logic up that spine there back, like yeah. it's, it's there is different prospect all over again and I think I think if they can get him back they're definitely when, it, when it, a good shot of actually coming out on top of Leinster yeah and look, I'm, I'm, I'm excited by it now again obviously they've got the break this weekend um, but moving on obviously to Dublin and Wexford that turned out to be an absolute cracking game in Parallel Park and it was unfortunate it's the joys of the RT and Sky picking their games what they yeah. want to show but that would have been a great one to show I reckon it was a real ding dong battle and even in the highlights um, drama right up until the end um, and Dublin getting that goal with that miss hit and a, sco- a goal from a 21 yard free the, the, the goals from 21 yard frees are gone now penalties are all thing it's so hard to score from 21 because you can't bring it over the line and you have as many lads on the line you're hitting it on the 21 if you're lucky because you're wary of the line and do you know what those squirmy shots are the ones the goalie yeah. hates and, and I don't know Davey talked about it uh, afterwards it like it hit the ground and it didn't bounce so his hurley was probably a millimetre or mm. a couple of centimetres above the ground and it just Snuck under it, and but it was it was lucky. Sean Moran has a bit of a habit of doing that, though. He did it for Kula this year in, in the All Ireland Club Championship I as did, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know he missed one against Kilkenny last week, but he has a bit of a habit of coming up and doing them. I'm, I'm yeah. glad I've got him on uh, my fancy hurling so team. Actually, as well, yeah. yeah, I haven't done the fantasy hurling now. I know you guys have done it. Yeah, I've Pat Horgan as captain, so a good yeah. week for me again. But one one thing I was impressed with with Wexford, I think, is their forwards. I think they actually have a very strong forward line. Like they've got Lee Chin, they've got Conor McDonald, Rory McDonald, and they've got one of my favourite players I like to watch is Lee. McGovern because he just gets the ball yeah, and, and goes at players and he got a cracker of a goal as did Rory McDonald two phenomenal goals um, but again Dublin were in control they let, the, they let the, the lead go they went to sleep so there's a question about Dublin's confidence can they close games out I think that letting that loss or win go is really going to cost Dublin in the long run I don't think I can't see Dublin getting through now whereas I can see Wexford yeah I think it's very interesting Dublin need to be winning their home games especially against Wexford that in was Parallel one Park, in Parallel yeah. Park you know so they've got one point from two they've got Carlo you think they'll, they'll probably get over Carlo but you, you'd struggle to see him beating Dublin and Carlo in I'm not really. sure where that is. I don't look. We'll give them the two points well, for that one. What do you think of Wexford style, lads? You see the way the Wexford play the game. They just like they play a bit like basketball, where they just pump up or like like football, Gaelic yeah. football. So they just drive up the field. A man, a cornerback will go up or a fullback will go up, and they're they're expected or their teammates are expected into tr- fill back into their position if they're going up the field. They have to have awareness yeah. of people around them, and they just all flood up and they just are all streaming up the field like, and it's it looks like chaos like, but it's obviously a, um, a game plan that Davies after implementing. I, I think I think it kind of suits the smaller provincial grounds where you can do that because you can get players funneling in. Yeah a lot faster with less space and I think in the last two to three years Wexford have gone out in a whimper in the quarter final when it's gone to Crow Park 
or whether it's gone to Turles in the big wide open yeah. spaces because you just can't fill the space as fast when you're in a, you're in a bigger pitch. It's great to watch it though, isn't it? It's great. And, and Sean Murphy was the guy who typified it. He got up with three or four back. points, and it was corner or wing back yeah. exactly. And at one stage, Paddy Foley was up there in the forwards as well. And it, it is. It's it's. Davies trying to play total hurling, like mm. the Barcelona equivalent. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's going to work. I think, I think this weekend is going to be very interesting. It's Alan Pierce Stadium. Galway aren't at their strongest. Wexford are in year three of Davy and they're building for a performance. They're going to get some confidence out of last weekend. And I think if Wexford are going to do anything this year, they have to be Galway this weekend. Yeah, I think so. And I think because they've got Kilkenny at home then in Wexford Park, which will be a massive test for for Wexford I think I think Kenny got turned over two years ago down there they want, they want to go down there and get a win so yeah Wexford need to back it up with a win next week you think if they were to get two wins on, well, they'll beat Carlo and, and another win that's they five points another, yeah. they'll, they'll, be say, they'll be in third minimum they'll definitely be minimum third I'd love to see this year go back to the old school just to Kenny Wexford that's fine I'd love to see the two of them get there like no disrespect to Dublin, they've won a few. They've won one Leinster and they've got to a few finals. And Galway are kind of like the blow-ins. But go back to like the the, the mid '90s when it was Wexford and Kilkenny in the Leinster final the whole time, and they were ding-dong battles. I'd love yeah. to see a good Leinster final between Wexford and Kilkenny this year. I'd love to see that happen. I don't know, will it? It all depends on what Galway are like. Yeah. Okay. So look, I think we might leave it there for today. Great to have you along here in the Glasshouse, or right beside Caulfield Race Course. The footy's on. I hope it hasn't been too distracting for you. Apologies to the listeners. We were hurling. Swans trend. are up at nine points. Swans are up nine points against Collingwood here. Um, Ty Kennelly from uh, Sydney Swans fame. Not playing anymore, obviously. Colin O'Reardon is playing from Tipperary, though. Oh, Colin O'Reardon yeah. playing from Sydney Swans. In the back. There's no one on the Collingwood back. list from, from Ireland at the moment, is there? No, I don't. Sarah Roth in, in the ladies' <laughs> AFL. Um, but look. Uh, we she's your favourite player, Liam, isn't she? Yeah, she's very good. Sarah <laughs> Roth. Sean O'Brien's girlfriend. Oh, yeah. 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 We were, uh, yeah, we were hurling training ourselves this evening, so that's why we're, we had to make a dash over here to the bar to, to record an episode so to get it out before the, the Galway extra game. So anything to Jorro, no? Not to Jorro. Jorro's no. <laughs> from Belfast. Jorro's a regular listener in the in Alice Springs. Hope you're tuning in tonight, Jorro. Go Thanks very much, Johnny. You go home and get a good rest. I will. Giggles. Golf on Sunday, lads. Golf on Sunday. Yeah, we're playing a bit of golf on Sunday down in the morning. We have, we have the Liam and um, Giggles' hen party on Sunday, so we're <laughs> yeah. playing a game of golf. <laughs> yeah, so we're looking forward to that. All right. Thanks for tuning in today. This, this show was brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear, the choice of champions. Please visit O'Neill Sports AU on Instagram for all the latest offers and get on touch with us at, at Akin AGA on Twitter and on Instagram. Talk to you soon. Have a good night, everyone.